Welcome to the number one reselling podcast in the world. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 290. Did I, did I throw you off a little bit? You did. That? I mean, it's facts, you know, but it's just... Spitting facts. We've yeah. always been like... I, I, I'm not very big on being braggadocious. You know, like I never... I never throw out numbers, 90 day which totals. Is, which is why that was a little bit like tongue in cheek. I yeah, mean, no, I get No, no. And, and our listeners understand that. If you're new, please understand. Like, that's not how we roll. Um, this, is, this is Pure Hustle Podcast. We're real relevant reselling and we're not, uh, uh, we're not as, as cocky as that sounded. But, but we are <laughs> the number one well, reselling the, podcast there's, in there's the world. There's good pride and there's bad pride, right? I mean, I do take pride in the fact that we've been able to build an awesome listening audience over the last almost five years now. Five years five years. Okay. Uh, that, you know, both our businesses have, have grown. You've gone through a lot of kind of transitioning here and for, back and forth. You went from, a, you know, everybody, you know, I always think about the fifth wheel, the fifth wheel saga, man. Now you're past that. Right. And now you're, right. you're looking at, at possibly purchasing a home here in the near oh, future. Yeah. See, I'm at, and hopefully a lot of our listeners are too. So this, our episode today, we're talking about selling clothes. It's not even related to what we're talking about. Uh, but, but one of the things that, that I hope all of us are doing, we talk a lot about in this podcast, like setting yourself up for opportunities. Like we don't believe in luck, but we believe that, that consistency allows opportunities to be presented to you. And if you've worked hard enough and set yourself up, then you can take advantage of those opportunities. You can have an opportunity. I can't tell you how many opportunities I've had come across in my life and I didn't have the capital or the know-how or the mm-hmm. energy to, to capitalize on it. The person who does, it's easy to look at someone like that and go, oh, they're just lucky. And it's like, no, opportunities come to everybody. It's just, can you capitalize on it? So right now I think, you know, personally, I'm, I'm working on stacking lots of cash as much as I can and being ready for a potential housing market crash because that's when the the biggest wealth transfers in in the world is when there's downturn markets. And so as resellers, we're in a good position to continue to be making money, even as inflation's going and all those things. And some of that could be through selling clothing, which we're going to be talking about today, uh, but being just in a good position so that you can capitalize on whatever happens, whether it's inflation, whether it's deflation, no matter what happens, we're in a position to capitalize on the market. And that's why we love doing what we're doing is we're, we're really, it, it sets people free, right? When you're financially stable, when you're financially independent, uh, you're not reliant on other people's whims. You're not reliant on other things happening. You can take care of what needs to be taken care of and make the money you need to make one way or another. And so reselling gives us that opportunity. And today we're going to be talking about one of the number one ways people kind of get started with reselling. Not everybody. Some people have certain niches that they're into, uh, but clothing is really a, a low barrier to entry, but it's not just for beginners. Clothing is one of those things where you can, you can get into it pretty easy, but then there's also so much room to grow. You can really niche down and get really specific about certain types of vintage clothing, certain brands, and really, really specialize in something and make a lot of money. Uh, but there's pros and cons to, to selling clothing. And today we're going to be talking about that. All right. So before we get started, though, I do want to say, I know we've already been like lagging, but thank you to all of you that have joined our Patreon. If you haven't joined our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash Pierce Podcast. There's a link below. And part of that, we've tied the Discord that we began like a month ago. Maybe it's been more than a month. I don't About know. a month. About a month. And it is growing. And every day we have new people in the Discord. And our Discord is different than many. Uh, we're not a cook group. We're not a bolo group. Uh, but there are bolos in there and there are deals in there and there's hustles of the week and, and there's a great discussion happening within that community. There's community. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. What I love is, you know, I, I, my, Mike doesn't encounter this as much as I do, but 
Uh, recently is a very sol- solitary process, right? And, you know, I do have kids, but I don't have my kids all the time because uh, they're with their mom. So there's like a few days where it's just me and it's, that's it. And some of you are, you know, aren't even married. You don't have kids. Maybe you're not in a relationship and it's just you and you're grinding and you're grinding and you're grinding and, and you kind of miss that element of being in community. And I will tell you what I love about the discord is there is no flexing of numbers. I mean, there is sometimes like, Hey, look at what I found and so on, but that's okay. Right. We celebrate with one another. And so I really encourage you guys, if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for a community to thrive in, to be a part of, to, to be welcomed, uh, join our Patreon. So you're able to be part of that community again, patreon.com slash Pearson podcast. I'd love to see you there. And, uh, one of the hustles of the week does come from our discord. So, It'll be great to share. All right, let's talk about clothing here. So the reason I brought this up is funny. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if Mike's okay with this. When I mentioned Mike, what we're discussing today, because sometimes you know we go back and forth on what our topics are going to be, and I said clothing, and Mike's like, uh, right, uh, and, and I get it, and I'm like that sometimes too, and I think most clothing sellers are like that, right? But the reason I want to talk about clothing is that. I think there's many people that have just been like in one niche and they're kind of like thinking, okay, maybe I should branch onto something else. Or there's new sellers that are like, what's it, what's the best way for me to start reselling? Right. Or, or maybe you just, you're just, you're a veteran, a reseller and you want to hear new ways of doing things. And so I thought this would be a good episode. Yeah. And maybe you are a clothing reseller. So if you're a clothing reseller and Maybe we've missed one of the good points of clothing or one of the bad points because I'm sure you've got your pet peeves. Yeah, let us know in the comments below. If you're watching over on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe. Comment below. Let us know what your pros and cons are of selling clothing. All right. Now that we're like almost six minutes in, let's get up to the episode. All right. So uh, three things I want to break this down in in is the good, the bad, and the best. Ending on a high note. Yeah, I thought so. Well, I, you know, I don't want to lose you guys like halfway into the episode. Like we give all the good and then it's over. It's over. Yeah. We're saving the best for last. Oh, we hustle the week in between too. So here's the thing. And this, Mike just talked about this. It is the easiest item to access to resale. And we're talking about secondary goods, by the way, we're talking about used clothing. We're not talking about uh, retail arbitrage. I mean, this can dip into that a little bit, but used clothing there is so much there is so much out there and there's so many places to go now if you were to start all over with clothing mike where would you get started would you go to the bins would you go to thrift stores would you do garage sales yeah i think i still would go to thrift stores because uh, the nice thing is the prices are so low and so there's room especially if you're new uh, it's a good place to learn. You're and not even with the higher prices; they're still so low. Yeah, and so even if you make a mistake, you buy a brand, you get home, and you realize, oh, this is a good shirt. Oh no, it's got a stain, or it's missing a button, or the things you haven't learned to quite look for yet, mm-hmm. or you realize, hey, this brand sells, but typically only if it's this material and not this other material. So the the education the educational costs of learning this niche yeah, yeah. Uh, are relatively low, right? When you're messing up with uh, vintage toys or vintage electronics. Maybe you're doing fine if you're picking those things up at garage sales. But when you're doing like local deals or you're trying to get from collectors and then flip from collectors, the potential of making a mistake is much higher. And so I think I would still go to thrift stores because the prices are so low. They're everywhere. Um, and the nice thing is you can go any time of the week, right? You get off of work, you can go. Um, garage sales can be great for clothing too. And but it's hit or miss though. It's hit or miss. I mean, I mean, everything is going to be hit or miss. But the cool thing, too, is if you're into vintage electronics, your opportunities of going to actual outlet stores or going to uh, 
uh, retail box stores are almost none. Whereas if you're selling clothing, that's an opportunity for you too. Like you potentially can go get things on on clearance, get things that have been discontinued, and people are looking for a certain style, a certain brand. And if you know your niche, uh, you can actually do sourcing at at a Target or a at a, a mall. You know, it's not always going to be the easiest, but it's one of those things where you can really source it almost anywhere, no matter where you are, where you live. There's going to be a way to pick up some clothing. Now, some things I do want to add about the good about the abundance of it is. You had mentioned thrift stores and thrift stores get, you know, it, it, they've gotten a lot of pressure lately because they're high prices. But here's the thing. The, the reason I think Mike says thrift stores and, and, you know, I can't speak for Mike, but it's everything's already selected. Right. So it's different. Like the bins, the bins are great. Right. The bins, it's your lowest cost as far as getting anything. Or if you go to a rag house and you get a bale of clothing or whatever it is. But when it comes to a thrift store, it's already been, quote unquote, pre-selected. Now, that's good and bad. Right. The bad is the thrift stores, you know, like the store that shall not be named Goodwill or some of the other chains, they've already selected the top stuff and that ends up on their online sites. But there's a lot of thrift stores that still put it out there, right? Because there's still a good volume of sales. And so they'll put out clothing out there and it's already selected. Most of the time, I would say there's there aren't many issues, right? And, and you know, there's certain thrift stores that you avoid because everything you pick up might have a hole or a stain. But I would say most of the chain thrift stores, you don't come across that, right? And so that, that's what makes it a little bit easier. And for example, garages, when you find clothing... I would say for the most part, it's pristine. The stuff I pick up, like it's rare that that people will just it's put out their trash clothing. Yeah. And at least for me, one of my one thing I was I was at a thrift store with my friend. I was trying to teach him how to resell, and we were picking up some VCRs and some other things. And a lady stopped us at the in the line to go to the cashier, and she goes, "You guys are reselling this stuff, huh?" And we're like, "Yeah." <laughs> And she goes, you know, you shouldn't pick up stuff at thrift stores. You should go to garage sales. You know, as if I don't know, but I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. Definitely do garage sales. But she had a good argument. She said, because people give away what they think is their trash to thrift stores, but Mm -hmm. things they think are valuable, they sell at garage sales. And of course that isn't always the case, but you know, a lot of things that don't sell the garage sale end up going to the thrift store. Um, and, And it's not always the case. Sometimes it's very wealthy people who don't have the time to do a garage sale. They don't care. And they're just going to drop their stuff off in a goodwill bin. That happens all the time, but it's more likely it's like, eh, this stuff I'll take to, uh, to the, the goodwill. Ooh, this is like really nice stuff I have here. I should sell this. Hmm. If you know you got nice stuff, it's more like you're going to sell it and you're still going to find junk at garage sales. It does happen, but chances are at least that person thinks it's probably valuable. So your chances of finding better stuff is a little bit higher at garage sales. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And here's the ultimate thing is that like Mike said earlier, like you can afford to make mistakes, right? So if you buy something with a hole or a stain, it's it's a lesson learned. Or you find out, like, for example, certain vintage clothing, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, I sell stuff that's vintage all the time that has a hole here, a stain here, uh, something's wrong with it. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, I've sold white vintage shirts with yellowing. And I, a lot of people get on my case because they're like, you should oxyclean it and do all this. But I just don't have the time to do that. And uh, the, it'll still sell. Right. So you have the opportunity, like you said, I think this is one of the things that that wasn't on our on our list here on our program was that clothing allows you to make mistakes and it doesn't cost you as much. Now, uh, there's a low cost and we already mentioned that. Right. So I think there's like a tier system. I would say the bottom like prices that you get are probably the bins or garage sales. 
right? And there's also rag houses, but it all depends. Some rag houses now are, are charging more if you're buying vintage clothing, but there's others that just sell bales of clothes. And so you can get those for, for pretty cheap there. Uh, for example, for us, our bins and, and maybe the people that go to the bins all the time disagree with us in San Diego, but to me, it's not worth it. It's just a lot of time. It's a lot of competition. They do not sell by the pound, which is kind of wild to me because most parts of the country do. Uh, and so for us, you know, for myself, I like doing collections. So for example, I've picked up a rain spooner collection of Hawaiian shirts like three months ago. I picked up a Harley collection a couple of weeks ago and actually this last week of, of a bunch of Harley items uh, from a local deal. And again, like you said, right, whenever we make those local deals, usually it's the stuff is pretty good. Yep. Right. Yeah. There, there's kind of like this. I'm not going to post this on OfferUp or Facebook Marketplace if it's junk. Yeah. You know? And again, there will be people who do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Typically, the stuff you're finding on OfferUp and like, well, Leco doesn't exist anymore, but <laughs> Facebook Marketplace, all those things, uh, yeah, are going to be the things that people people find valuable. And that doesn't mean that they're trying to get retail prices. Some people do. But yeah, if somebody has a collection of of a certain Harley shirts or or whatever it is, they might be selling it at 20% of the retail value just because they want to get rid of it, but they know they don't want to take it to the thrift store because, hey, I should be able to get a few hundred bucks off of all these nice yeah. shirts that I have or these boots or whatever it is. So, uh, and sometimes it's all they need. You know, they're not expecting to, to, they could flip it on eBay if they wanted to take the time, but they don't want to. So they're happy to take the 20% of what they could get from it instead of the 100%. So it, it's definitely worthwhile doing that. Uh, and then another thing that's really good about clothing is clothing is really easy to ship. Now, I would say that's one of my favorite things. I love selling hard goods because for me, hard goods a lot of times are easier to list than clothing. But every time a hard good sells, especially bigger items, the shipping can be a little bit hectic. You know, do I have the right size box? I have a lot of boxes that fit, but sometimes it's like, oh, there's still a lot of room in here. So I got to do extra bubble wrapper. Oh, this is just a little bit too big. Now I got to get a box that's bigger, but now the box is a lot bigger and you're just running into all of these mm -hmm. things. Or with clothing, almost all clothing is going to fit into uh, some kind of a, a poly mailer or a padded flat rate envelope or some kind of cheap envelope. Maybe you box it if it's shoes, uh, but a lot of things is just going in cheap to send. You know, a lot, if it's if it's shirts, some sweatshirts, you're going to be under a pound, so your shipping is going to be really cheap. And even heavier things like jackets can be folded up and squished pretty small and put in and you don't have to worry about is it going to break during shipment. Yeah. So uh, shipping shipping a, a clothing item it is a lot better. So I guess one way of thinking about it is you're going to either spend the time on the listing, which I feel like listing clothing takes a little bit we'll longer. We'll talk about that yeah. in a moment. Um, you're going to either spend the time on the listing or the shipping. So the nice thing is you're not spending as much time with shipping when it comes to clothing. Now, I will add a little bit to that is that when it comes to shipping, though, you're able to standardize your shipping, right? So, for example, I know that all my clothing will go in certain size poly mailer and it's going to be first class. So I don't even have to think about it, right? I don't have to find a box. I don't have to get the bubble wrap. That's where it's going. I know that when it comes to jackets and so on, they're going to go in a medium flat rate box. I already have the boxes. I already know how it's going to happen. It's easy. So once you're for shoes, we haven't even talked about shoes. I have a shoebox. So I have the USPS shoeboxes. If they're in a region where it's cheaper for me to ship with that, I'll ship with that or I'll go medium flat rate. And so generally it, there's not a lot of thinking left in, in shipping. I know a lot of people when they got on eBay, you know, they, they, 
they struggle with the whole idea of how do I ship things out? And I would say clothing is probably the easiest things to ship out, uh, especially if you, you're just picking up a lot. If you're just doing a lot of shirts, like that's easy, easy, right? It, it's when you get to the complicated things. Like the other day I sold a, a bunch of like, um, uh, I sold like a barista machine and I sold uh, another blender, a couple blenders. My goodness, man, I spent like 30 to 45 minutes on a couple of those. And it was still worth it. it was, the profit was there, but what I would have given to make the same profit on just selling a jacket, right? Would have taken like two minutes to pack. So, all right. Hey, before we get moving, uh, speaking of packing, I want to talk about AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Yeah. Were you able to snag that deal? No, I saw it too late. Oh my goodness, man. So if you don't know what we're talking about on Earth Day, they had this Earth Day 2022 c- code and I thought we were quick on it. Like, and it sold out and then... Uh, Joel, the head of American Bull Boy, released it again. They're awesome people at 1 p.m. And literally, I think by like 1.15, they were sold out again. And so I felt really bad because we dropped it on the Discord. And yeah. We still didn't get to didn't it. Get it. It's, uh, the reason why it sold out so fast is you're, when you go through American Bubble Boy, you're already getting really good quality bubble wrap at a very good price. And it's coming straight to your door. So if they're discounting that even more, that's crazy. It was $20 that day that's for amazing. 750 square feet. But... Even if you did miss that, if you are a listener of Pierce Podcast and you want a discount, you can use our promo code or our link. Uh, and if you're a first time buyer, you're going to get a discount on on your purchase. The promo code is it PHP? No, it is Pierce Podcast. Pierce Podcast. Yeah, so try that Pierce Podcast. Um, if it doesn't work, let us know uh, or use the link that we have in the description, and that way you do get a discount. Okay, it's not as it's not but an Earth Day discount. Even if you don't get the discount. discount, it's still worth it. It is. You know, forty thirty nine ninety nine. One day, two day, local pickup, all free shipping. Uh, I order, I myself order it from all the time. So yeah, I buy it without it. the discount every time I buy it. So that that just goes to show it's worth it. But you get your bubble boy bucks, right? You seen oh, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, no, there is. Check it out. All right, hey. So let's talk about the bad. I want to hear what you think dun, is the bad. Dun, dun. Don't even don't even look at the sheet. Just what is the bad? For me, the worst part about clothing, um, well, there's a, there's a few things, but if I had to do like the thing that I I dislike the most is listing it, taking pictures and listing, because there's so much that can go into or has to go into the sizing. Most of my my shirts and things I do, you know, this is probably don't take my advice. This is not the way to do it. You should take measurements. You should measure it. You should add the measurements in there. You should take pictures of the me- however you want to do that. I typically. Unless it's an expensive item, if it's like a $15 shirt, $20 shirt, I'm just going to put it's a medium, it's a large, and I go with it. Because otherwise, if I'm spending a lot of time, the sleeve length is this, from the armpit to the here, the neckline is this, the from the armpit to the waist is this. Oh, to me, it's like, shoot me, because it takes so <laughs> much time to do. And if you get into a zone, like if you have the station right now, I'm trying to, to resell out of a, a a shed. So I don't have a lot of space to set up to take the picture and then to lay it out on a table to do the measurements. I had a little bit more room because when we were living in the condo that we were at, it was easier to kind of just set up the living room as today is is picture and, and listing day for clothing. And so we'd take pictures of like 100 items and then we would just do all of the measurements right then, write it on a pad, get it into the, into the computer, easy peasy. But now that I'm doing it out of a shed, it's just like, ah, oh, it takes so much and you have to put in all those details, right? When I'm taking... A, if, especially if it's a hard good that has a UPC on it, I can literally scan the UPC, all the information pops up, put it in, just change the condition, 
good to go. Mm-hmm. So the time it takes is quite a bit more with with clothing. Uh, so that would probably be my number one what I dislike about clothing. That's why I have a a tote full of Hawaiian shirts right now that I got at a garage sale. I probably have like forty of them, and I haven't listed one of them yet. I'll buy and those off of you for like triple the price you paid. That might be worth it because I know what you paid. So well, maybe not triple then. <laughs> I think I only paid like a couple bucks a piece. That's what I mean. <laughs> I shouldn't haggle. Six bucks a shirt. Podcast. Come on, man. Okay. Well, I don't know. I would buy because I would. Here's the thing. I'm the other way. I love listing clothing because you can get in a groove. And I know this is the bad, but as long as you put all your, like you set them all up. So like say Hawaiian shirts, I would only work on Hawaiian shirts. Right. And then I would do all the t-shirts and then I do all the pants. Now, when you get in a groove, it's possible. But yeah, it's a lot of work. Right. You got to have the measurements. Right. Because you don't want to deal with, you know, item that is described and it's just it becomes a mess. Right. And that's that's part of the reason why returns happen a lot in clothing. Right. Because even if you put the measurements, people are like, oh, this didn't fit right. The, the greatest question I always get is with shoes. So do these fit large? Like, I don't know. Do you like your shoe loose? Do you like it tight on your feet? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too, is even with measurements. I mean, I know, okay, I know what size waist I am for, for pants and I know what brands I like that I fit those, the, those sizes. So if I'm buying pants on, you know, Poshmark or eBay, I'm not really looking at the measurements cause I know. And even then, depending on the year it was made and all of those, sometimes like, Oh, this one fits tighter. I have that literally the exact same model pant. Everything's the same except for this one feels like a half inch tighter than the other one. So I could see why the measurements could be helpful. Um, but if I'm buying a t-shirt, I'm probably not looking at every single measurement. I'm like, oh, it's a medium. I'm a medium. I'm buying that. Mm-hmm. But that's why you get so many returns. And there are a lot of returns with clothing because people will buy them. Oh, it doesn't quite fit the way I was hoping it would fit. It's like, well, I'm not your, I'm not your, uh, your try it on person. You know what I mean? I'm not the, I'm not. Or people rent, rent them sometimes, right? They need it for like an event. Event, yes. Don't, have you seen those things that they do now? I mean, I'm sure they've been doing them for a while, but they have those tags that they put on. So there's tags you can get that go like between, and there's different ways you can put it, but it basically goes around like the collar to like the sleeve or the collar all the way down on like dresses. Mm-hmm. And it, the return policy is as long as this tag, and it's like a big loop, almost like one yeah, of the ones that expressed it, something like that yeah. back in the day. And as long as you don't remove this tag, you can return it. So you yes, can try right. it on and see if it fits. And if it doesn't fit, return it, no problem. But if you're running it to an event, you're not going to want this big like, looped tag on your thing so that's a way of, of preventing people maybe we'll from, start doing that yeah it's a way of preventing especially for things like uh like you've sold jackets before right for for a football team and you know it's like oh it's a super bowl and people are buying this oh, jacket the they happens. buy the jacket yes. for that event and then they return it but yeah if you had some, one of those things it's like well they're gonna have to cut that and then they can't say hey it doesn't fit but i also cut the tag I'm like well why'd you cut the tag if it didn't fit yeah oh because you wore it out well I know it's true. It's true. So now I will say later on the best. I think returns with clothing are easy, and I'll talk about that later on. But yes, there is, and and there's a possibility of missing flaws. I can't tell you how many times I've sent out something, and people are like, "Uh, there's a hole over here, or there's a stain down here." I'm like, ah, "I kind of missed that, right?" And so it's very easy to do. Now, I you know the listing we already talked about. There's a lot of work, but I would say. The biggest one out of all these is there's so much competition, so much competition. Now, there's ways to work around that competition. And some of those I'll share later on, but it's 
you know, if you develop a following, it doesn't matter how much competition there is, right? Because I, for example, right now I have a few buyers that always, they follow my store and they are always buying Hawaiian shirts for me. And we kind of have a have a relationship where like they'll buy it on Thursday and then they won't pay until Monday or Tuesday because usually they're traveling. And so, you know, the guy always goes, hey, mahalo. And like, and I'm like, all right, man, no worries. You know how it is. And so he pays me and we're good. Right. So, but there is huge competition. Right. So, for example, Harley Davidson shirts. Like, I love Harley. Like, I, I love selling Harley all day, but it does not sell like it used to. So I would say when we started the podcast, I could sell pretty much almost Harley shirt uh, that had some kind of intriguing design. It didn't have to be vintage probably like 40 50 bucks uh and now it's gone down to like 20 30 bucks yeah. i right. think what kind of goes along with that is going back to the good that there's an abundance now if it's really really scarce if it's an item that's harder to get if it's a niche that has almost no competition on ebay chances are you're gonna have a very difficult time sourcing that item because if it was easy to source, there'd be more people mm-hmm. selling it. So it's the trade-off you're paying there. If you want the, if you want a, a, a niche that's easier to source, you're going to deal with more people in that competition. But the nice thing is, if it's still profitable, even with that much competition, that means that the competition really is, is it, it's not that bad. Because one of the things people think is, because you gave a good example, if you're in a specific niche and you see that competition in Harley or Hawaiian shirts go up, that can hurt you or affect you. But clothing in general, if you were just to say, well... X percentage of resellers are clothing resellers. And you're like, well, that sounds like too much. I'm not going to get into clothing. Well, if half of those are in a niche, they're into women's dresses or women's shoes, and you're not in that niche, it doesn't matter how many are selling that. So even though there are a lot of people who sell clothing, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be selling the clothing you have. And if you're finding good brands, those brands still sell. So, you know, it's a supply and demand thing. And so if you get some good Patagonia jackets or or whatever you're you're picking up. Yeah, there might be a lot of people selling that, but the nice thing is with vintage clothing, people are going to be looking for not just how many Patagonia jackets there are, but I want a green one and I want one that has this design on it. So there might only be 4 of those listed on eBay. So that's not really that much competition on that style, that brand, that. So once you start niching down into the categories and subcategories, competition isn't actually as fierce as it seems. Hey, we're supposed to be talking about the bad here, man. <laughs> But there are a lot of people reselling. <laughs> I know, I know. Now, it's funny you bring up Patagonia. So I think this is the the biggest move right now that is gonna cause some 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 waves and some maybe panic amongst the reselling community. And uh, you know, I usually don't like push, you know, other YouTubers. I mean, we, we're friends with all of them, but uh I you know, auction professor just came out with a video uh discussing how eBay is now selling imperfects. And what, what that means is, is that they've made deals with a bunch of brands. So Patagonia, the North Face, Nike, whatever. I don't know what all the brands are. Okay. But all these brands now are going to be selling imperfect things that are like flawed. So think about like when you go to like TJ Maxx or you go to Marshall's, or you go to Ross or Burlington, all those items that you find in there, or maybe sometimes you go to an outlet. Right. And sometimes they they're sell. like seconds. They're like seconds. Right. Yeah. And so now they are making direct deals with eBay and they're going to be selling via eBay. That's going to that's going to cause an issue. But I don't think it's going to affect the vintage market. I think no. it, I think it will affect the retail arbitrage market. Yeah. 
But, you know, with vintage items, like they, you know, the reason the value is there is not because it's because of the brand, but it's also because it's vintage, because it's unique. It's hard to come by. It's hard to find. The scarcity is what brings the value. Yeah. And then when it comes to pricing, too, on that. So let's use Patagonia as an example. If you're wanting a new Patagonia and you go to the store and let's say it's $200 for the jacket and then you see the imperfect on eBay and it's 150 that's a pretty good savings. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to say, you know what, but I really only want to spend $50 on a jacket, you can go use. And even if it's not like a unique vintage version of a jacket, because there's a market for that. Those are still probably going for even more than than a lot of retail prices. But you can get a six, seven-year-old Patagonia jacket in pretty good shape. But hey, it's got this one little stain at the corner. You can barely see it. Hey, I can pay $50 for that one. So yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt the secondhand market. Unless you're Elaine from Seinfeld. Do you remember that episode with the sweater and the red dot? Oh, yeah. That was the, uh, the cashmere. <laughs> with George fought it. It was oh, great. Yeah. It's still the red dot. And then he gives it to the uh, the janitor lady at the office. And she's like, what is this? It's cashmere. If you, know, if you know what we're talking about, let us know. Let us know your favorite Seinfeld episode. I'd love to know in the comments. There's some good ones. So, But but here's the thing. that With that story, though, uh, they are going to sell stuff for 60% off. That That's what's being rumored. That's pretty significant. That is pretty significant. So, again... Will it deal a heavy blow to the secondary market? I don't believe so. As long as, like you said, people are looking for specific things when it comes to used clothing, right? Now, there is Vero, right? This is where, you know, you're selling a certain clothing brand and that brand doesn't want you selling it. So the more of the luxury brands do this, uh, Hermes, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, and so on. And so that's increasing even more because a lot of these brands are now wanting to be the ones that sell the used goods. Right. And so because we even mentioned this, I think, I don't know, a few episodes ago, how like Oscar de la Renta, which not a lot of people sell that I know, but they themselves are like the only people that want to sell their used items. They don't want anybody else selling them. Right. Mm-hmm. So you could get Vero'd if you're selling some of their products on eBay. It seems crazy as a company, though, like. Can you imagine somebody saying like, hey, you bought this thing, but guess what? If you want to, you can never sell this to a friend. You cannot sell it at a garage sale. You can't put it on Facebook Marketplace. You can't sell it on eBay. It's like, wait a minute, it's my thing. If I'm done with it, what are you telling me my options? You are the first sale doctrine? Give it back to you or or keep it. Like that, You can't tell me what I do with my things. And so, yeah, that, that seems pretty crazy. And now I do understand like the things that have a lot of, of counterfeit that they're trying to you know prevent and they're trying to make sure that there's brand integrity Mm -hmm. so i understand that that process but it seems like it's really difficult to enforce i mean i know they do viros on ebay but so viros are your listing will get pulled down if a brand doesn't want you selling their brand so i know we're gonna finish that i just wanted to clarify that yeah no i I think i think i was finished i just cut you off i'm sorry no it's good so that's part of the bad of, of reselling but i will tell you don't let that scare you that that's few and far between i've had maybe i want to say two vero in my in my entire ten years of selling eBay, one was for a a mesh trucker snapback cat uh, from Imperial Beach Cafe. <laughs> like, hey, why not? Like what? Like what? How did that get vero'd? Like you know, um, but you know, for example, uh, one of the easy ones, and it's not necessarily about the brand, but if you you know Velcro, if you sell shoes that have Velcro and you put Velcro in your listing, it will get vero'd, and you you will not. You have to use the word hook and loop. Yeah. Hook and loop. Hook and loop. So, so anyways, but hey, the bad, I mean, to me, it, it's all about adapting and, and moving around that to be able to sell that clothing. That's good. 
All right. Are we ready uh, to talk about our hustle of the week here soon? Yeah. Before we do that, though, we want to talk about one of our other sponsors, and that is Skull Shaver. I got a funny story. So Skull Shaver is super awesome product. If you've been listening for a while, probably don't need to go into the spiel about how close it is and how how long the battery lasts. And I'm not going to mention how great of a product it is in all of those ways. <laughs> Yeah, that the English term for that, the uh, literary device, is called paralipsis. Oh, is it? When you say when you're like, device. I'm not going to mention that you don't know what you're doing, but and then you go on to like, so you really mention it by saying is you're that not like going to mention. The modern version is that like the modern equivalent of I'm just saying. No, no, not exactly. But it, it, it's it's where you say you point something out by saying you're not going to point it out. Like I'm not going yeah, yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyways, it's a great product. But so I have students, I got sixth graders and one of my sixth graders, I have a, another teacher that sometimes helps out in the class. And she asks the other teacher, my student goes, uh, does, does Mr. Mike, I use my last name, but does Mr. Mike's, is his son bald? And the other <laughs> teacher goes, well, no, I don't think so. I think it has hair now. Why? Well, because he's bald. And she thought it was like, you know, that, you know, if you're, if it's like a genetic thing, like if I'm bald, my kids are going to be bald. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's like, no, like he, he cuts his hair every day. And she's like, really? And I'm like, I almost was like, yeah, I need to do like a, a skull shaver announcement in class. Like I use skull shaver on my head every day. Uh, but then I forgot to use skull shaver one day. And so my hair started to grow. I mean, not a lot, but just enough. You could see little pieces of hair. Mm-hmm. And so she calls the other teacher over the next day. You're right. I can see little hairs. Oh so, so that's how it works. Like this student didn't think I had any hair on my head because I use Skull Shaver every day. It's a great product. You should pick it up. So use our promo code HUSTLE with a capital H, H-U-S-T-L-E, and get that discount. HUSTLE. All right. Hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. You could always give us a call, 619-738-1170. We always love playing Hustle of the Week that people call in. It's always great. So 619-738-1170. You could also shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast and you've never watched us on YouTube, jump on over. We're trying to get to 10K here. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button, that bell notification, and like this episode. And as always, we're grateful for all the iTunes reviews. Definitely help us out. If you haven't dropped a review yet, we are greatly appreciative of that. Uh, I would pull up on my phone. You know, my phone is out of storage. Oh, I had man. to like remove apps now. Like I'm yeah. playing too many games on there. I'm gonna put a terabyte. Like I'm gonna get a terabyte phone. Yeah, well, I'm done with this. Well, game. You know the nice thing with Samsung, not the new ones. I actually just got a new one. I was bummed they they took this feature away. But you used to be able to no problem put whatever size extra cards in there. You just put a micro SD I mean, card. No, in. I remember those days. Yeah. Apple never did that though. No, never, never. And and again, if you haven't yet, join us on the Discord. Go to Patreon.com/slash Podcast and become part of a thriving reselling community. Yeah. All right, it's time for the hustle. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right, our first hustle comes from Ryan. The IG handle is at race sellers. Rack resellers. Rack resellers. All right. Went sourcing at the store that shall not be named. Dun, dun, dun. And picked up two pairs of dress shoes at $15 a pair. Listed on eBay and sold one Edward Green brown dress shoe for $339 plus shipping. Good grief. And another pair of Edward Green shoes for $250 plus shipping. So one of the reasons I love doing the Hustles of the Week is they're like, one, it's celebrating. We're celebrating a great find that somebody did. We're 
reinforcing the idea that if you're out there enough, if you're out sourcing, you're working really hard, you're going to, you're going to find these things. They're going to come up. Uh, but it's also like a little bolo, uh, Edward green shoes. If you didn't know, I never knew be on the lookout. That is, that is a item that you should be. So right now, after you listen to the podcast, go on to eBay, look up Edward green shoes. That way, kill the market right and that way, you know what you're looking for and, uh, and pick them up next time you see one. No, but seriously, in my entire time of 10 years of reselling on eBay, I've never come across a pair of Edward Green ever. Like you said, right? The the more niche certain items that are harder to find, the more valuable. So yep. good work there, Ryan. All right. Uh, this also week comes from Jason IG handle Geo Wolf underscore resells. Uh, they were not going to go to the thrift store since they had too much inventory to list. We've all had that problem. Uh, but let the mom and, and pop thrift store that they were willing to pick up any sealed VHS. So that's great. Had some networking relationship and said, Hey, if you get any sealed VHS, which is hot right now, it all depends on what you pick up, but it's hot right now. Uh, that if anything comes in, you know, let them know. So, uh, did not want to go back uh, on his word. And so Jason decided to stop into the thrift store, picked up the sealed VHS. And on the way out, he saw a pair of shoes that looked to be like Walmart brand, which I could see that happening. Like, you know, there's like that fake Yeezys that you find at Walmart or whatever. Yeah. And so looked them up. And the only reason they kept looking them up was because it said made in Italy. So looked at the comps and noticed that these shoes were selling for 200 plus dollars. So grab this pair of shoes for $10 listed on ebay and sold for 375 dollars plus ship now you're all wondering what were those shoes and so was i because i didn't put in notes but this is what (laughs) this is what they were so jason picked up a pair of golden goose superstar sneakers with glittery heel tabs yeah golden goose man i've never ever again two brands i have never seen in my entire life so the more you know nice work there jason 375 dollars that's crazy. Like the only shoes I've sold for that much are like vintage shoes. Yeah. You know, like these are brands I've never heard of. So yeah. we got Edward Green and Golden Goose now. Pick them up. All right. Thanks, Jason. All right. Our next one comes from Billy and uh, Billy's in our discord. He, he's posting all the time too. Like pretty much every day we've got, we got good posts coming from him uh, and he's been doing a lot of storage lockers, um, doing lots of other things. Like it's not the only thing way he resells, but we've gotten a lot of good tips about how to oh, do yeah. auction storage auctions from him. So I uh, love having him in the discord. Uh, but anyways, uh, one of the things that he picked up, uh, I think this one was at a storage locker. Uh, he picked about 300 buckles. Well, this was at a storage locker. He picked up 300 buckles. Is it a garage sale? At right? a garage sale yeah. for 50 bucks. This isn't even the hustle of the week. Yeah. So Imagine he, 300 he, buckles been, for about 50 bucks. And I think, didn't he say he started buckles because of the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I talk about buckles all the time. Nice. So. So, so anyways, he picked up uh, a bunch of buckles at a garage sale for... Uh, we paid five hundred dollars for three hundred. Which fifty, fifty bucks. 50? That's my typo. Oh, okay. It's fifty bucks. Jeez. So that's 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 crazy. But anyways, the one that came out of a storage unit. So he picked up a storage unit and he listed it on eBay, and it was a vintage Navajo Indian sterling silver tur- uh, turquoise belt buckle. Now, before you talk about the price, he paid pennies for it. Yeah. Once you list, like considering all the things that were in the. Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, and and I think this is the storage locker that had all the other crazy things he mm-hmm. sold. So mm-hmm. amazing. But anyways. $553 plus shipping. I mean, I probably paid for the, the storage unit. That's, yeah. That's amazing. That's one item. One item. So, and, and the thing is, those are cool. Those, uh, those, uh, there's a few things going on with that buckle. And I'll just talk about buckles here real quick. First of all, it's, it's, it's Navajo. So it's Indian and there's, there's, you know, a lot of collectors looking for those items. 
Sterling silver. Anything that is a buckle that is sterling silver, I will list high. Even if I can't find comps, I will list high because sterling silver. The fact that there was a, that it was turquoise in that, that brings more value. So he had everything right with that buckle, paid pennies and sold it for over 500 bucks. That, that's, a, that's awesome, Billy. It's a killer. It's amazing. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan, Jason, and Billy. Now, Mike, what's your hustle? Uh, so is that I, I haven't I haven't completed all these cells yet. So this is like I'm looking into the future of it's what I'm going to make of it. Uh, but recently I was at uh, doing some garage sales and there were totes full of, well, it was like a, a mixture of things. Uh, and on top of the totes, I saw like a big pirate ship, which is what drew my attention to it. So I walk over there and there's a sticker on the front of one of them that says $10 for all. And it's like four totes and they're not like huge totes, but good size and then like a pirate ship on top of it and i pick up the pirate ship and i look and it's it's playmobil 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 and i'm like all right this is a good sign playmobil is good now it's obviously best if it's unopened whenever i sell unopened especially vintage playmobil it's it's killer profit uh, but even some of the open stuff and what i'm going to do so i go through all these totes and there's a mixture of lego playmobil and um like pirate miscellaneous stuff so I'm like, ah, half this stuff I can just throw away. I'm going to take all the Legos, throw it in my Lego bin. And that's one thing to do is just kind of if you're getting them randomly at garage sales, like a handful here, a handful there, throw them into a bin until you have enough to sell. But I started noticing that there was probably six different sets in this Playmobil, uh, different ones. And I'm not going to spend the time to like part it out and make the sets complete. Hmm. But what I'm going to do is I said, I'm not going to part it out. I am going to part it. I'm not going to try and complete the sets. <laughs> But I'm going to part it out by the things like the figures. If you just look at the figures, sell the figures in lots. And I've got so many. I've got knights. I've got cowboys. I've got pirates. I've got all kinds of different figures. It's so funny. In this kit. I want to buy yourself. So Hawaiian shirts now play mobile. It's good stuff. We'll, we'll break a deal at the end of the podcast. Hey, man, if I'm ever done reselling, you're going to have a heyday in my uh, <laughs> in my, my storage. And I got some good stuff. But anyways, 10 bucks for all of it. Wow. You, you, can't, uh, you can't beat that. Now, it is going to be a little work because it's not just like take a picture of an unopened box and send it. But the nice thing is this is going to be multiple listings. And so that feeds the beast. It keeps things running. I could take a picture of, you know, these 10 random th- uh, ones together. And then you can lot them that way too. Just put them in. And the nice thing is they have years on the bottom. So you can kind of match them up s- somewhat by set. So it's like all of the ones that are like the Native American ones and the ones that are cowboys and then the ones that are the pirates and then the ones that are the knights and just kind of do them in separate sets. And if you look up the comps for those, they sell really well for just lots of the figures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Nice. Now, uh, I will continue the buckle discussion. So I shared this in the Discord, but uh, I want to share it here. So I sold a Navajo belt buckle, but it's not Navajo what you're thinking. So there was a truck line that no longer exists anymore. So I've talked about before uh, about like trucking kind of, you know, like apparel or, or you know, like Peterbilt and and uh, Freightline and so on. So Navajo used to be a company that existed. I think they, they shut down maybe in the 80s. I don't remember when. But they were known for having uh, their logo was was a Native American with blue, blue turquoise eyes. Right. And so I found this buckle and it was part of a huge lot. I paid I paid like 400 bucks for the lot. And I think it was like. About like a hundred and like thirty or one hundred fifty buckles. I don't remember how many I bought, but this buckle just stood out. Like I, I was just like, this is really cool. I almost had, I almost struggled selling it because I was like, you know, my MA is in Native American history. It was just a cool piece, and uh, 
I ended up listing it high because I saw that other things were selling. So like patches were selling, uh, hats were selling. And so I listed it for about $150. So I paid about $4 for the buckle and it sold within six hours for 125 bucks. And I was like, wow, that was fast. And here's what's awesome about it too, is that the person on their feedback was like, this is incredible. I've been waiting for a while for this item. So grateful that you're willing to sell it to me for the price that you sold it. And, you know, I think they were just an former employee of the trucking trucking company. So, yeah. so yeah, keep an eye for those. That's a bolo and the hustle of the week. So. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the best parts of reselling clothes. Yeah. Do you think returns are easy? Do you think this is, I put returns are easy. Do you think this is true? Yeah. I mean, one of the nice things with returns on, on clothing is, especially if you're paying the shipping back. And even if you're not, cause I, I don't do free returns. I have my customers pay for returns, but either way, it's going to be a cheap shipment back, mm -hmm. which is nice. When I sell something and it's a hard good and I paid $25 to ship it, but I got a deal because I, you know, went through pirate well, let's ship or a hundred. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, who knows how much you've spent then they get it and they say, oh, this doesn't work or this or whatever their complaint is and they want to return it. Well, by the time you pay them, refund their shipping, refund with their, their fee and then pay for them to ship it back or if they have to pay and then you're going to have a really upset customer. You know, I don't want to spend $25 to, to send this thing back. But when it's clothing, all right, well, I guess I'll pay the three bucks to have this ship back to me. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. And so that definitely makes returns easier. and the chances are you're not going to have them complain, hey, this was broken when I got it or, you know, item not as described. They might, the returns are typically going to be, hey, this didn't fit. Mm -hmm. Now, unless you missed a, a flaw when you were buying it, taking the pictures and packing it, which it can happen, yep. but chances are those are going to be fewer and far between as opposed to it doesn't really fit right or the coloring isn't exactly what I was hoping for or whatever their excuse is. And so it's cheaper to have the return and you're not going to have as, as upset of customers. Yeah. Agreed. And I always say this, like a lot of people are opposed to, you know, returns or free returns. Just always remember if your item is not as described, eBay will force the return. And I don't mind being, you know, having to take back an item because usually the clothing if it doesn't fit, it's going to sell again. And usually it sells more for me, right? Or I'll tack it on an extra five bucks when I list it again, because there's already a comp that it's sold at a certain price. And so, so even though you're the comp, even though I'm the comp, I create the comps like, yeah. The, the, and I've done that. I make this times. market. I do. Hey, remember that Playmobil during Christmas? Like yeah. it was selling for 300 and I sold it for almost a thousand dollars because I made the market. <laughs> That's crazy. But with clothing, yeah, the shipping is not going to kill you. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of, of you know, the last time I had an item that I shipped out that was like $100. Oh, I'll never forget. Remember that, um, those heaters, like those portable heaters, it cost me like 100, uh, yep. 120 yep. to ship. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work. And you might say, well, eBay, you, you could you could choose not to accept returns. Well, if the item's not working, eBay's going to make me do the return. And so I just ended up refunding them everything. Like, well, with the clothing item, hey, the jacket might be worth two to 300 bucks, but it only costs at the most $20 a ship. Eh, that's fine. I'll get it back and I'll resell it and I'll be good to go. Yep. Now, right. one of the things I like about clothing is the ROI. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
ROI is great on clothing and the ROI can be great on a lot of things, but the beautiful thing about things like shoes, shirts, jackets, whether you're at a garage sale or at a thrift store, you're usually picking these things up for a few bucks, maybe up to 10 bucks. Now, if you're buying, you know, very expensive boots at a garage sale, you might be up, you know, paying up on it. But I can't tell you how many times I've bought shoes for two bucks, three dollars, and I've sold them for close to a hundred or over a hundred dollars. I just sold Red Wing boots. I paid two dollars for for eighty seven bucks. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing the ROI that you can get. Now, if you're buying vintage electronics, even at a garage sale or thrift store, you might be getting a really nice vintage receiver or speakers, but you're probably paying 30, 40 bucks for them and then selling them for a hundred bucks, 150 bucks. So it's still good profit, but compared to a couple dollars to hundred, even a dollar to $40 flip, the ROI is so high. Like the amount you'd have to sell something that you paid for 40 bucks for to equal that same comp is, is, is outlandish. Well, and let's take it down a notch. Let's say you're, you're only paying like a dollar per item and you're selling it for 20. That's still 20 X, right? I mean, yeah, you have to sell more, right? It's nice to get that $1 thing that you sell for a hundred. It doesn't happen as much as it used to, but I sell stuff all the time that I pay five, six bucks and it sells for close to a hundred. But even if, even if you don't, even if you're just consistently finding those items that sell for 20 to 30 bucks and you're only paying a dollar or two or three, like you keep selling like the ROI, it keeps returning, right? And so you're able to keep having cash flow, right? And the other thing that I, I didn't mention here is the fact that people will always be looking for clothing, right? It, it Now, you do have to obviously pay attention to current trends and, and time of the year and stuff like that. But even with that, if you turn on global shipping with eBay, you're going to be selling Sorrel boots in the summer in America because it's winter in Australia, right? And so clothing, clothing is one of those things that sells year-round. Clothing will always be a need because people need something to wear, right? And, and my thoughts are, as we're moving into a downturn economy and a possible recession, I do think uh, that clothing is going to do well. Right. Because people are even now, like I think about myself and, and not that the things are really bad, but like I've canceled some of my subscriptions for like, you know, uh, different streaming services because I'm like, ah, do I really need to spend money on that. Right. And it's going to go to clothing, too. Like, do I really need to spend sixty dollars, eighty dollars, hundred something dollars on dress shoes or I can just go on eBay and drop 40 bucks? You know, this last time my son needed to wear a suit and I needed to wear a suit. We're going to uh, a conference. And I was like, ah, let me just go to my inventory. And I had some sweet shoes in there that were like hundred something dollar shoes that I paid five bucks for. And I'm like, this is cheaper than me going to the store. I might as well use these. So, so clothing, okay. The good, the bad, and the best. Hopefully, you know, if you're a new seller, this helps you out. If you're an experienced seller, hopefully it gives you some things to think about. As Mike said before, if there are things that you're like, hey, Orlando, Mike, you guys missed this or you should have just talked about this, let us know in the comments. And I uh, appreciate all you tuning in, tuning in. And as always, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Late. Peace.